0: Welcome go- back, guys, to the This is Much More podcast. I'm Evelyn, and my co-host is...
1: Rolly Vogues. And
0: our special guest today is...
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Moy Rivas.
0: What's up? What's up,
2: Moy? First of all, I want to thank you for letting us use the space. Yes. Absolutely. You know, so it, it's pretty dope, and just... We've been here a couple times now, you know? So. Yeah. Cool. And but. for the
0: people watching, um, obviously, this is our second uh, podcast episode that we're doing outside of our, our actual, like, nice. space, you know? Right. So. It was our first time doing this and our no, yeah, like at somebody else's spot. The first one was at a uh, at post at post.
1: Okay. post, yeah. post yeah, Houston, yeah, post Houston yeah. yeah.
0: And um, that one was hard too. Yeah, the so. setup.
2: But before we get into break free and everything, I kinda wanna know like a little bit about like your background. About you. So it's like where'd you grow up? Like
1: yeah, so <laughs> um a lot of people may not know this. I'm originally from Monterrey Mexico. I was born in Monterrey, but um, never lived in Mexico, so I lived in in the U.S., or I lived in Houston my whole life. Um,
0: But you were born there.
1: I was born there. I was born in Monterrey, but I've lived in Houston my entire life. My family had a house out there, so I was kind of like, I was born out there while they were out there visiting, you know? Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, and so, um, but I grew up uh, here in Southeast Houston in an area called Manchester, literally uh right outside of like where dd high school milby high school is in that area yeah um um,
0: by milby
1: yeah it's it's you know not directly behind milby but kind of catty corner to milby there's some railroad tracks and you cross 610 and it's like right there uh it's it's right next to the ship channel bridge yeah uh and so i grew up there for probably till i was about 10, 11 years old, and then uh, ended up moving to, to Magnolia and uh, lived literally a block away from Mason Park. Um, and if people are familiar with Mason Park, Mason Park was legendary back in the days for all the Sunday get-downs with all the little riders and all the cars would come through and hang mm-hmm. out every Sunday evening. Um, but yeah, most of most of my life was spent in, in Houston in the Southeast area, and, and that's why a lot of things that I do and where I contribute is to these areas,
0: mm. yeah. I feel uh, like that's why I kind of was like was super familiar with you because I, I grew up in Magnolia, too.
1: Okay, cool. But
0: it was Magnolia, and then we would go to like uh, Southeast. Uh-huh. Like So it was just a back like and forward, people. like a back and forward.
1: Right, know? right.
0: If you don't mind me asking, you do sure. not have to say, how old are you?
1: Uh, I'm 39 years old. I'll be 40 in November.
0: Oh, happy early birthday. November <laughs> what? <laughs> November 25th. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Okay, that's cool, man. But uh, yeah, it's just cool like having to be able to like talk to people that grew up in the same areas that we did, you know. Mm So I mean, Mason Park, I must I must have missed all of that (laughs) because we only went to Mason to go run, you know.
0: No, yeah, but Mason Park is also the park for Easter Sunday. Yeah, no, but that's the part
1: how old are you guys? You guys are probably 25 to oh, 30. Oh, we
0: are way younger <laughs> than you. <laughs> just kidding. Uh,
1: I'm turning 31 in like a couple of weeks. Okay, so Yeah, I'm 25. Okay.
0: No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm 28. I'm going to be 29 in December. Cool, cool. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think a lot of people might have or quote unquote missed it um, because essentially that era of Mason Park was uh, really getting down to those levels like, you know, early to mid 90s. Uh, It it really started to die out, like, late 90s, I would say between, like, 98, 99 and 2000. Like, after that, it really slowed down because uh, it was notorious for a lot of gang violence as well. So a lot of people were getting killed or jacked, and uh, it was just bringing a lot of negativity. Even though it was a thing to do, you know, people knew that if they wanted to run up on somebody that was where everybody was gonna show off and get down mm. and it was yeah. a good time to c- connect with people. So, um, you know, we, I have close friends and family that were connected to a lot of that drama and, you know, people within our circle were, you know, losing their lives during this time. But, uh, but if, you've, if you've followed that culture in that community and anybody that knows low riders or, or that type of get down, they're very familiar with Mason Park during yeah. that era. Mm. Isn't it
0: crazy that that specific park uh, created so many different memories, like in different eras? Like for you, it was like that, right? Yeah. And for me, it was like I remember it more like when I was little, um, the Easter Sunday or the stuff like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, like for sure. The games that they used yeah. to do out there. And then whenever we got together, it was to go work out and go get some running. Like, yeah, because she
2: was closer over there than I was. Okay. Yeah, so for I grew sure. up more like South Houston, well, like Pasadena, Southeast. Okay. Type, you know. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the so the for me like having to go to Mason Park to go run was like a drive. <laughs> like a drive. I was like, ah, uh, I want to okay. go that way? You know. So why did you choose Mason Park? Because <laughs> <laughs> it had the track and, and stuff, because and because I yeah. lived in
0: that area.
1: And oh, then, okay. Yeah, that and then
2: there was like water and shit, you know. Yeah. So.
1: yeah. And for me, outside of like just being familiar with the park because of the you know the lowrider get down on Sundays, uh, it was the first place that opened up their doors to us to actually like practice and break and get down uh because when i started breaking i started breaking in 1995 and at the time you would kind of look for places to kind of get down and have fun with your friends but everywhere we went we we're getting kicked out or you know just getting yelled at for it just whatever had a reason. Bad image it did you know it it was it, it was so um associated to you know thugs and gangs and stuff like that because of the way we were dressed and so Uh, little did they know that it was actually a positive alternative for us Mm -hmm. like it was something that was much needed in my life at the time that it was really redirecting us from those those type of things and then I remember coming from where I come from it was just like I actually went to Mason Park trying to look for some for some trouble and Mm -hmm. when I was going to Mason Park to look for some trouble for somebody um, I ran into guys that were dancing there and then the guy that I was actually looking for is actually the guy that invited me in and it really just, it was like a shiny object that, did, that distracted me from what I was actually there to do. And they invited me in to say, hey, like, hey, we practice here. Aren't you, Moy? Aren't you from the area? Like, we hear that you started dancing too. Like, come join us. And so immediately I forgot what I was there to do mm. because, um, you know, I just kind of took it as a godly thing and was like, you know what, man? You know what? Like, I don't need to be doing that. Let's do this. And Mason Park, gave us the opportunity to be there every single day uh, as long as they were open and the spaces were available. It's like use the stage or use the clubhouse or use the gym. if it's not if whatever area you can find, we'd rather you guys be here. And so there's so much historical uh, you know value there with us because again, it was the first place that allowed us to come kind of come in and, and be us and do our own yeah. thing uh, with no judgment. And, um, you know, that was from like late 95, early 96 to um, I guess I started traveling the world and doing that thing. And, when did you and, start traveling? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I would say I started getting opportunities to travel around like late 98, early 99, but really took off for me right the year 2000. Yeah.
2: So at year 2000, you're like what?
1: I was... Um, you are like, 10
2: when you started breaking, right? Like I was, like, 11. 11. I was, like,
1: 11 turning 12. So I was maybe, like, I don't know, like, 15 years old when I really started mm-hmm. kind of, you know, getting opportunities to travel around the world. And that was through breaking? It was all through breaking, yeah. So who
0: was the one taking you, I guess my question is? Because you were so young. What about school, like?
1: Yeah, so um, to get into that, like, for the people that were, like, inviting me places and things like that, it was just people that were... Um, Kind of getting across any type of content they got they got a hold of right And at mm-hmm. the time it was vhs tapes so it was like a copy after a copy after a copy and it was like we we want this kid and this kid is from texas and it's 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 a rare story right because at the time people thought that you know b boys or b girls uh were associated to two areas and it was like los angeles and new york mm-hmm. uh, and then they thought that everything from texas was like cowboys haystacks Damn. and horses you know what i mean and so <laughs> So, to, so, to to uh, for people to kind of see something different and impactful come out, you know, I was getting hit up by different promoters, and a lot of times they were at the time just finding a way to get a hold of my f- phone number because email was scarce, internet was scarce, and mm-hmm. and so um, they would call directly to my mom, and my mom, you know, in Spanish was like, "No vas a ir para ningún lado, no. You're not going nowhere. You're <laughs> yeah. a kid, you know." <laughs> And, uh, I remember I would talk to my mom and I would always tell her like, Hey, like these are opportunities that, that we may not ever get. You never got them like, trust me with it. You know? Um, and, uh, yeah, I remember early on, like a lot of the permission was kind of going through my mom and she kind of more like really just trusted me. She was more just like, all right, you're my son. I love you. Do what you love to do. Uh, I can't say I fully support it, but if it's something that you love, go for it, you know? And then. on the educational side is, thankfully I've always I was always a, a good kid in school. Like I might have been doing some stuff like behind the scenes that that was not uh, you know of, of good positive character, but um, I was always an honorable student, like literally from like first grade all the way up until I graduated.
0: Where did you graduate
1: from? I graduated from Milby High School. Oh, okay yeah, and I graduated uh, a year early, so I actually my graduation year was actually two thousand and two, but I actually ended up getting out two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I really focused on getting school work done because I was getting all the opportunities to travel. So to answer your question, um, even the, the schools, whether it was through middle school or high school, um, they were letting me kind of achieve these accomplishments because they knew that I was a good student. And oh, so damn. they were like, you're good. We don't have to worry about you. You're like, you know, top five in the school or top 10 in the school. So it's like, just talk to your teachers, take the work. and." which is
0: crazy because all those absences that you had now Mm -hmm. is like your mom has to go to court (laughs)
1: you know know actually even even then but i guess uh, i don't know man it's by god's grace or or uh you know just the value that people were placing on me that allowed me to kind of navigate around that type of thing because um i wasn't really receiving absences it was like they were like, "We got your back." Like you've you've never failed us, you know, on the educational side. Yeah. So it's like, why should we fail you when you're out there yeah. achieving and something that, that is so a lot of people and I feel crazy. like it's kind of crazy
2: too because it's Milby. I guess back in the day, I I, I think Milby had like bad rep, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know, you know, but for them to kind of let you, it is kind of like.
1: Well, I think I think rare. that's a that's a that's a life <clears throat> message in itself. It's like, you know, uh, when you give something one hundred percent it'll give you something like the max return you can receive to that is 100%. So I've never given Milby or the educational system at Milby 30% or 40%. Mm-hmm. I've always gave it a hundred percent. And so at the time, the, ad, the, the admin and, and everybody that was working in, in the building were like, Hey, you give us a hundred percent, we're going to give you a hundred percent. Yeah. So it might've had a bad rep and it might be in a bad area and it might have all these crazy stories that are revolved around it from a negative standpoint. But, um, just because it had that rep doesn't mean that i deserved that rep yeah yeah. Yeah. so it it was kind of one of those things that it was just like i was just kind of really blessed by that opportunity to like you know i was like hey i I never screwed you over don't screw me over
2: yeah Yeah. you know and we kind of like jumped over it a little bit but like what kind of sparked the whole b-boying thing like what did you see something (laughs) on tv or like they wanted you know, major. you yeah, I think, to do it.
1: I think what sparked the, <clears throat> the breaking, um, you know, love was number one, I was associated to, uh, to breaking by um, my older brothers and my sisters. They were all somewhat of dancers, but I remember my oldest brother, Julio uh, used to be a B boy in the eighties. And so I remember being, you know, four or five years old and kind of having these like glimpses in my head of him, like spinning on his head on cardboard or in the grass and things like that. And so, it's always kind of been a part of my life to a certain degree, but it wasn't until 1995 when I was at, I was going to DD Middle School uh, right here in Southeast yeah. uh, Houston. And um, I, I remember this day specifically because it was a very panicky day and rough day for me. I had a friend that uh, took a 9 millimeter to school uh, and I remember he saying, hey, uh, they're on to me. He's like, can you do me a favor? Can you hold my pistol? And i was like damn man like i don't know like i'm in i'm in like ap classes i'm in like advanced placement yeah. placement classes like it's gonna be tough for me to do this but i but i was like man i got you you know so like the entire day i had a nine millimeter on me um and so i was just kind of avoided like avoiding getting called up to a desk or anywhere and and i remember that day i was just like i just want school to end because i want to i want to go home i want to go home and i, wa- I want to give this back you know it's like I was familiar with it because I grew up around it. I just didn't fully endorse it mm-hmm. all the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it wasn't something that was a shock or a surprise to me, <laughs> but right? But like,
0: just the responsibility that it's on you. Exactly, yeah. right?
1: When I didn't take it to school, but mm-hmm. but once it's in my hands, it's like I'm endorsing it. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it is what it is, and I'll take that and receive it till this day for what it was, and thankfully nothing, ha- ha- nothing ever happened out of it. But this day stands out so big because I remember midday of that day uh, friends were asking me, like, hey, you want to go to a, you want to to go the talent show? It's actually after, it, like, it goes from, like, the last 30 minutes of school to, like, an hour after school. And I'm just like, bro, I'm trying to get home. Like, I got this yeah, on yeah, me, yeah. like, I'm trying to get home. And they were like, man, now you should go, it's gonna be cool, it's gonna be, you know, let's all hang out, whatever, it's gonna be girls. And so I was like, alright, <laughs> <"I> bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it was like it was oh, like, like, a, it, it was like exactly, it was like a shiny object <laughs> that was, like, uh, and then I kind of made, like, this negotiation agreement or whatever with, with my boys at the time where I was just like, look, I'll go under this condition. I'll go as a, if we sit all the way at the back of the theater because if I need to dip out, I'm gone. I'm going to dip mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And I don't plan to stay for the whole thing. So yeah. as soon as the bell rings, I'm gone.
3: Yeah.
1: I ended up staying for the entire thing. I don't know why. It, it seemed comfortable. Nobody was messing with us. Still had it on me. I wasn't really tripping, you know, like... Uh, But it was towards the end of that talent show where it kind of, something really special happened and uh, I remember at the time these guys, like first of all the entire theater goes like pitch black Mm -hmm. and all these kind of like strobe lights and like black lights come on and I see guys like walking on their hands and spinning on their hands and on their backs and on their heads and I was just like what in the world is you know going mm-hmm. on here you know and i was again it, it brought me to back to those kind of those kiddie moments of like i was a kid but to like when i was four or five years old and i was like man i remember this and so what tripped me out the most is that the people were that were on stage they were from my original neighborhood were from manchester mm. and so i was just like bro how come y'all don't tell me you y'all, y'all have done this you know what i mean mm-hmm. And this was after the show because I I, I, was, I was already hooked and I remember I talked to them after the show. Ended up getting out of the school safe or whatever, nothing ever happened, but I talked to them and I was a little I was a little like hurt and pissed off at the same time. I'm like, how come you don't tell me I break? And they were mm-hmm. like, Man, you know, cause at first they were like, break? What's what's that? And they were like, The dancing you guys were doing, and they were like, Oh, it's techno. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's <laughs> breaking. It's breakdancing, you know? Yeah. They were like, no, it's techno. And I was like, look, I don't give a damn what it is. I want a techno. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I want, want a techno, techno with you. <laughs> yeah, I want to do this. And then they were like, well, we just didn't want anybody to make fun of us because, you know, we're from the neighborhood. We didn't want anybody to call us names or whatever. Yeah. And so when they asked us to do this, it was just like, let's do it. And I'm like, man, y'all had everybody standing on y'all's feet, you know? Like, so literally that day, I remember it was like, I want to practice and I want to get down with you guys. And They were like, okay, well, we practice on these days or whatever. So I went home, uh, and at the time I was living in Magnolia on, on Pasadena Street, like two blocks or a block away from Mason Park. And the, at the time on um, on Seventy Fifth and Lawndale, there was a th- where the there was a fiesta, and then there was a a store called Eckerd's, and it was like a it was at, I think it's what Walgreens or CVS is now at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember they would always have like these big cardboard boxes in the back so i literally went home from school told my mom hey i'm gonna go walk to Eckerd's and i'm gonna go pick up some boxes and she was like <laughs> boxes for what She was like i want to dance and i want to put them in my backyard and so i mm. went over there and and i was 12 years old 11 years old at the time and i remember just going walking blocks and carrying these big old boxes and i get them and then i just lay them and i just tape them down and and the, kind of the rest is history i just kind of started getting down in the backyard not knowing uh, what I was doing, no direction, but I guess the direction that felt really good was that uh, I guess it was like a special thing that was needed for my life because it allowed me to say a lot without saying anything. Mm. So a lot of the emotions and the the dilemmas that I was dealing with internally or externally were kind of getting released through an aggression of like, I want this so bad, I want this so bad, I wanna get this so like down right now. Yeah. So there was a sense of urgency that that I was feeling as a kid Uh, and i was exploring it and i think that's the reason why i kind of elevated so quickly because um there was a lot that i i had to say or that was balled up inside and and i said it through dancing and i said it through this commitment to this new art form or sport or whatever anybody wants to call it and it allowed me to kind of excel so within like three months all the guys that i started with they were like Bro, you're getting better than us. Like, what's going, like, what's going on? But you were practicing every and day. And I was yeah. like, it's, it's, it's my commitment and loyalty to this thing. Um, you know, I'd get schoolwork done, so my mom would act, As soon as I'd get home, my mom would ask me, you know, you know, if my homework was done. I was like, it's done. I'm gonna go to the back, and I would be there till the sun goes down. And then that, when things started getting hot, I started like moving things inside. So I started moving my mom's living room furniture inside, and she'd yell at me. Or if I'd do it in my room and move my bedroom set aside and and then I just start kind of getting down and getting down and it became a staple and and now everybody wanted to come to my house to to be a part of uh, you know that entire movement in the in the influence then and you know that commitment you know mm-hmm. and so there's a big saying it's like you know surround yourself with people that are doing it you know kind of bigger or better than you and and I think that people caught on to that early with me because I wanted it more than anybody yeah. and, and I think that's why I was able to achieve a lot early on yeah. Wow.
0: That's crazy. Like, I feel like um, <clears throat> even as a kid, I always thought, I always think that um, as if you're a young kid and you're doing great in school, um, that's already a big challenge. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's already preparing your mentality, your mind to, like, you got to get your homework done. You got to get your, your schoolwork done yeah. to have good grades. Like, sure. that's your reward, you know? Yeah. So, once you're able to, you know, catch on that mentality and take it to something you like. And there's just no stopping you there you know yeah
1: that i think you know everything success e- equates to results right and so it's like if you if you want to feel successful and success doesn't always mean like having more money or having more this it just means you have a positive result that's what success is right having a mm-hmm. positive result and um i just wanted positive results with everything that i did because i didn't mm-hmm. want to do excuse my language but i didn't want to do anything half ass i wanted to do if i got into something i wanted to execute and I knew that execution equates to positive result. And so anything that I ever got myself into was always about having positive results. But who
0: showed you that? That's my question, like who? Um... No one. Okay.
1: So no one, I, okay, I'll take that back. I saw it through people. I didn't see it through, or I didn't hear it through people telling me certain things. My parents were always my biggest role models in my, and, and uh, the most positive people in my life. Uh, so I learned a lot by watching them, but I also learned a lot by watching all the mistakes that people were doing, and and I just associated myself to to and compared myself to those things that were happening. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it it was it was a it was a kind of a simple math. You do something bad, you're responsible for whatever is bad. You yeah. do something good, you receive something good, and it was a very black and white mathematical message for me. So it was like, if I do that, I'm gonna end up there. But if I do this, I'm gonna get this. And I always wanted that positive result. So I, I disassociated myself with a lot of things that were going on in the neighborhood. And and people honestly respected me for it because mm-hmm. I was doing something extremely different where everybody was kind of following the crowd and kind of doing what they needed to do. Now at the same time, I, I'll kind of say this, publicly on blast it didn't make me a a, like a punk or or something that i was kind of walking away from because i grew up in an area where you kind of had to have your guard up the entire time yeah and um it was just something that i was like i just don't need to associate myself with that and and i know that if something ever went down i know who to call i know who got my back and and if people are my family or are my friends and my and my true crew or or community they'll they'll be there yeah. And, and, and um, you know, I just kind of followed that and really believed that. Whether people were making me feel that or not, I believed it first. Yeah, I believed it first. And that allowed me to honestly just kind of just follow my dream. So no one really taught me it. I just saw it. I saw it. And I, I always use this kind of example, too, because I also grew up in church. Like, my parents mm-hmm. were pastors and stuff like that. And so <clears throat> I grew up in church. And that's probably hence why you hear a lot of the positive kind of spiritual <laughs> Uh, you know, words and things that I say. But um, but even in church, it's like there was a point where I didn't want to go anymore uh, because, and I'll use this kind of analogy. It's like I went to church kind of every day of my life as a kid, but you start to hear the same sermon, you know, and everyone's telling you, live good, live good, live good. And it's just like, bro, I see you outside of these walls. You're not living good. Mm-hmm. And I would see that. So it was. I took kind of this idea that and concept that I had in my head is like where I I wanted to stop hearing sermons. I wanted to start seeing sermons, you know. And when I when I started to see sermons and I started to see things and and seeing people apply what they said, I'm like, "Your word is bond. That's value. That's what I want to do." So if I ever gave anybody my word, you best believe it was going to happen. So anything that I ever said that I was going to do, I made sure I made it happen, regardless of whether it took me five, 10 years, or there was a struggle or obstacle that I kind of had to kind of jump through or go through, mm-hmm. I made sure that it happened because I wanted to make sure that, you know, when you give somebody something and you give them your word, you kind of have to follow through with it at all costs. Yeah. And I just kind of learned that through, through example, right? Um, so people were leading by example, teaching me th- certain things that allowed me to kind of just apply the m- uh, basic principles of my life.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh shit. Well,
0: Well, Well, with that being said, we're going to go on a quick break, guys, and we'll be back.
2: Sure. Cool.
0: And we are back. You know, earlier when you said that um, you didn't care to be the one that didn't follow the crowd Mm -hmm. or whatever— you know, when me and him started dating, I think that's what caught my eye because I knew the group of guys, right? Like yeah. in our high school, whatever. Cause I never wanted to date somebody from our high school. And um, cause it was, we went to, uh, <laughs> where are you?
1: That's <laughs> yeah, funny, go ahead. Uh, the
0: East, we went to East early on navigation.
1: Okay. you know, what yeah. It's, it's like up? a newer, yeah, it's newer a, It
0: was newer like back then. Right? Yeah,
1: it's, it's newer, but I, I'm familiar. Yeah, newer. so
0: it's such a small high school and I never wanted to date somebody from there cause it was so small, right? so whenever me and him started talking it did catch my eye that he was like um his friends were like over there partying and whatnot and he was just like not focused on that you know and then and then we got together and you know like all our friends would go out and he would be just like working on designs at home you know and he was like he would tell me he's like uh i'm a homebody and i'm like I like that. Like, I like that. Do what you have to do. You that's
1: know? 100% me too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So whenever yeah. you were saying that, you're like this way. And I'm like, man, that's how he is. Like, mm. he's always like, his friends will text him. Sometimes they don't even invite him anymore. Cause he's like, you never show up. And he's like, it's cause I'm always working,
2: you
1: yeah. know? And I'm just yeah. like,
0: yeah. Just and wanted then to throw that out there.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't I get be, invited anywhere by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, every there, there's, there's that, right? Like I don't party. Like I've yeah. never drank or smoked well, my entire life or yeah. I've never done any of that But like I. I it's also like there's a kind of a stigma, like, you know, you're too busy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah.
0: But, so, but, how do you deal with that? Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was going
1: to say, uh,
2: like, how did you, if you were surrounded by stuff like that, you know, growing up, what made you, like, kind of like not, other than breaking, like, what made you not lead that way? Because it's like, see. For, yeah, you know, for me, because I've done the stuff, like, you know, like. Yeah. Shit, like growing up, you know, I've, I kind of got into it a little bit, but then I never fully immersed myself in that world. Yeah. And now I'm just, you know.
1: Yeah, I think I think for me what it was, it was, um, again, seeing the results yeah, of yeah. people. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, you know, from my neighborhood or, or, you know, my circle did not have a lot of results. Um, it was the same thing. It was always struggle. That was the only thing that I saw. And I don't mean to, to say that from a negative standpoint and disrespect a lot of people because a lot of people did eventually grow up out of that but early on you know i saw a struggle i saw a struggle even within my own family i saw struggle within my own friends and i didn't want to struggle i didn't want to do that and I, I felt like the more you got involved in something that caused struggle it was just going to be more struggle mm-hmm. yeah. so the only way to disassociate yourself with that was to be like do opposite of that I didn't know what opposite was, but it was like, do opposite of that. Just don't do that. Just don't do that. Exactly. Whatever opposite is, you go find it. So
0: how did you deal with the whole like, um, okay? um, Because I feel like it's happened to me where as I'm growing up, I would see, like you said, like examples that I didn't want to do. Sure. So then I would tell myself, well, I don't want that, you know? And (laughs) sometimes I would express it that I didn't want that and I would get like, Bad... Um, Backlash. Yeah, like, whoa, you think you're better than me? Yeah. No, it's like, I don't think I'm better than you, but... You I should. do think
2: I'm better than you, like that. You, I mean, I feel no, like you could have that mentality, me, though. But like, to me...
0: No, I didn't have that mentality. To me, it was more no like... But no
2: de malicia. No, like, yeah, but like, to
0: me, it was more like... Um, no, I, whenever they told me, you think you're better than me? I was like, no, I don't think I'm better than you, but you should want better for me.
1: Yeah. You know? And you should want better for yourself.
0: Yeah, right? Like so to the, them. So how were you, wh- did you get that whenever you were growing up?
1: Um, I think I did receive some, for sure. I, I, I wouldn't receive it a lot. I think it's more because people still had, like, a respect for me, and, and uh, it was hard for, like, some of my close friends to really tell me that, which... Also led me to also try to find new circles because uh, I also wanted people to tell me that I'm doing wrong and that I want or that I'm doing good. yeah but all I heard was like you're doing good, you're doing good. And even when I was surrounded by a circle that was telling me that all I kept doing was going doing good, mm-hmm. I went to go find a new circle because I wanted to know what I'm doing wrong because I know everything I'm doing is not dope good. Yeah. you know what I'm saying like I, I, I also need to know what I'm doing wrong. So I did receive a lot of that, and um, I just kind of took it in for what it was. And, and uh, I wasn't really expressive at the time, so I wouldn't say a lot back. I was just a doer. Yeah. You gave me one no, I gave you 100 yeses. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I just kind of showcased that repeatedly over and over and over again. So if you felt some type of way, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Do
0: you consider Animal yourself um, a yes man? That's what they're called, right?
2: A yes, no, yeah. a yes man. Oh yes man is like somebody that just says like yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's no. yeah. Yeah, I feel like people don't a strong <laughs> hell no. I'm not a yes or no. People tend to like not come to me and Evelyn for
3: anymore.
2: Anymore more. for like opinions cuz we tend Like we tell them Like nah Like a lot Or if something Doesn't look good Or if they're not doing What we think is like The best for them Or whatever We tell them You know Yeah And they seem to like And that's including Like my family and stuff And they They're just like I'm not I Right Like they used to Come to us for For a uh, lot of stuff For a lot of stuff And we'd give them What they don't want to hear Sure and from there, yeah, we and barely... that's the
1: best way to be, you know, yeah, I literally had this conversation last night with uh Jesse Lucia's husband. Okay. He was at my house last night, we were kind of hanging out and uh I was we were having that conversation, and it's like you know, if there was something that we wanted to share or tell somebody, and uh I was we were kind of going deep into something i would, I would tell you I was like, I'd rather tell you how how i how I feel about something, and it was nothing towards him. we were just generally speaking about mm-hmm. yeah different things that happen within our communities right so i was telling him i was like i'd rather like tell you straight up and you'd be mad at me for six weeks than for me to bottle it up for six weeks and then when you finally hear it from me it leads to something else yeah so you know what i mean so it's like i'd rather tell you and be honest uh and if you take it a certain way then it's probably true or it's affecting you in a way that maybe you have something back to say to me but at least There's an exchange of honesty.
0: Yeah, because at the end of the day, we're adults. Exactly. We should be able to communicate what you don't like and what you like in a way where you are also expressing it in a respectful way. Right, right. Because, again, we're adults. Like, we should have these conversations, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so... But of course, there's adults that don't act like adults, so then those conversations yeah. don't go the way. That's we ninety
1: percent to. of adults.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so going into when we what, the conversation that we were having off camera regarding the
2: like sponsorship and yeah. business and sure. yeah
3: marketing. And so all
0: how did you even go into okay? Let me you're doing the breaking for expressive, you know, expressive like you want to express yourself, your yeah. feelings. How did you go into the mindset of like, man, this can make me money. This is gonna be a business for me.
1: Well, first it was, um, when people started inviting me places, Mm -hmm. there was already value placed on me, right? So it's like, if if people wanna see me somewhere, why wouldn't more people wanna see me somewhere else, Mm -hmm. right? So I, I kinda took that value in, not to blow up my head, but to teach me lessons and and so I was very grateful for every opportunity. Uh, one thing that you can ask anybody in, in the breaking world, they'll always tell you, Moy's always, always been the same since like the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, priorities change as you get older, right? Because you have yeah. families or businesses or different things, right? So you can become a little bit more selective. Uh, and then from there, people can create different narratives. But at the same time, from my, my personality and character, I've always been the same person. So anytime anybody offered me an opportunity um, and I was available, I was there, you know? Um, and that's why I said there's kind of a stigma of like, always, I'm always too busy. It's like when you guys reached out to me, it was like, hey, would you guys be doing it? I said, oh yeah, cool, this is the date. It was quick, like, yeah. you know, and, and, and it was more of like that. And so I think um, for me, it was just finding the value that people were placing on me and and really just kind of grabbing it and, and uh, feeling grateful for it, and then that led me to believe it's like, man, if, if people around the world can place a significant value on me, why can't other people like why can't companies or other people that are involved in businesses place more value on me uh, because I can be a brand ambassador for them, I can be an influencer for them, and I I picked this up like really really early on. So actually, yeah. one of my first uh, sponsors in the late 90s was a brand called Tribal Gear. And Tribal Gear was a, a kind of a streetwear brand that was based out of San Diego. Their headquarters in San Diego. They're still very prominent today, kind of in the, in the kind of underground street style scene. And and they had you know stores and really a was massive in Asia. In which why I started t- touring Asia like really early. Uh, that is so crazy yeah so um so that was like one of my first sponsors and so they would fly me out they would pay me to rock the gear and things like that so to kind of give you some color behind that like tribal gear was really massive in the breaking scene early on so if you were sponsored by tribal or if you were on the tribal team you were like a superstar like you were Mm. like how do i get there Mm. and you know like Recently, I I came back from Japan, and when I was in Japan, that was my 29th time in Japan. Okay, and so to give you color behind that, I would say about half of those times that I was in Japan was through tribal gear in my early 2000s. So we were constantly doing out, you know, things out there. So I'm very thankful and grateful for all the opportunities that they gave me because they also led me to believe that there is. Uh, value in in brands and, and sponsorships like coming my way and so yeah. um, and, and the biggest advice I can give in terms of like sponsorships and, and kind of brand opportunities is is this is most people do not receive sponsorship opportunities because they're only looking for the dollar. I never looked for the dollar I looked for the relationship uh, and that's extremely important that I want everybody to listen to when you look for the dollar you'll only receive the dollar but if you look for the relationship you're looking for a marriage right you're looking for somebody that's going to be there to support you the entire way whether things get tough through thick and thin you know through sickness and health or whatever you Mm -hmm. want a partnership you don't want a sponsorship you know and tribal gear taught me that early building with other brands taught me more building with monster energy taught me way more you know so it was like I was never looking for the dollar. I was always looking for the relationship. And if I can build a relationship, I will have an everlasting relationship. And the only person that can screw up that sponsorship, partnership or quote unquote relationship was me. Mm -hmm. So every time I had a year contractually involved with somebody, I would look at it like it's my last one because I didn't want it to end. And I wanted to give it everything that I can to make sure that I was going above and beyond for the brand that can find value in some kid from the hood that just wants to just get down and spin on their head
2: yeah wow like yeah man that's amazing like that's pretty crazy but like my my thought is like okay when people think of a sponsorship right like let's take monster the average kid would probably be like oh i want to be sponsored by Monster because i want energy drinks right (laughs) but like what all have they been able to do for you like what what comes with that like as far as like like okay like you know we're gonna help you Build this and stuff instead of just like oh here's some drinks you know yeah what I mean? like
1: <clears throat> so um you know man monster has done so much for me and I'm very thankful for that relationship um I'll summarize the entire get down um mm-hmm. but they outside of drinks and all the monster gear I want you know they 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 supply me with a monthly salary to be a brand ambassador, athlete, influencer for them. They support our events, they sponsor our events. Um, We do uh, corporate activations that in our agreement we call retail hits Mm -hmm. or retailtainment, which is essentially entertainment for retailers. So if they got a new product that they're launching at like a, a festival or something that they're gonna be sampling, like where they're activating and bringing more you know that mm-hmm. energy to those activations the to
0: breaking community to their events, n- not necessarily
1: breaking community, okay. just the engagement and entertainment of something fresh and spontaneous. Mm. Um, and so um, I helped create a program alongside with Monster to be able to bring more of that engaging and entertaining opportunities to festivals, um, you know, corporate launches like product launches and things like that. Uh, so there's, there is there uh, is a significant dollar amounts that kind of go into those activations, and then there is um, you know brand collabs like we'll do you know certain collabs with whether it's like a new dance floor that's branded or some new gear that's mm-hmm. collabed with Break Free or uh, you know there's just so many different opportunities that allowed us to really leverage the relationship and do more because when you attach a big face value to what you are doing, people believe in you more
3: mm-hmm. because
1: they know that you got something. So, uh, regardless of all the dollars, that's what I cared about the most. What I cared about the most is that is is for me to protect that we have this multi-billion dollar company that believes in something that honestly is still street level. Uh, and and if they can see street level and find value in it, I need to find more value in the relationship. And so uh, you know they they provide a lot they provide a lot of uh, a lot of support whether it's financially, honestly mentally just always got my back when when even if I was going through some of my toughest times like through you know like in 2016 I lost uh, my dad in 2017 I lost my mom and and through all those times, you know um, you know they were always there for me like whether I wanted to do certain activations or not they never questioned anything they always paid me they always did my you know, and you know, when my parents passed away they sent boatloads of flowers and I mean it's just the relationship has been just spectacular all the way around. But it wasn't because I treated it as a sponsorship. Yeah. I treated it as a relationship, as a partnership. And so they they um they really had our back and so you know, I said a lot, but to answer your question is Damn. man, they they support everything that I do and one of the biggest things is they've allowed me to Uh, bring people into my circle that were not associated to the company. People like June the Barber. Shout out June. Yeah, people like June the Barber, you know, they you know, I I introduced June and and Monster together and and then now June has created an empire doing whatever he's doing. Uh, but you know, they didn't have to believe in me. They didn't have to believe in my circle. But they knew that the way that I rolled and the way that I walked, they know that <clears throat> I don't. I don't mess around, and I don't just surround myself with anybody. Yeah. So mm. uh, when they saw June and his talent, uh, it was like game over. Um, my boy Color, who's also my tattoo artist, but he also is one of the like OGs in, in the graffiti world here in Houston. He's also and now a sponsored, you know, graffiti writer and tattoo artist for for Monster Energy. Um, if I saw opportunities in, in certain areas to a certain degree. I would always look out for the best interest of the brand, but not for me. It's not like I get anything extra out of these. I just wanted the best for the brand to build the culture at Monster that they were, I feel like we're lacking. Yeah. So if you guys are familiar with like the sneaker world, uh, uh, 2J's who runs Urban, Necess- yeah. was the lead guy for Urban Necessities. <clears throat> I remember I was watching a YouTube clip on him and I saw him wa- uh, drinking a Monster. And, and, and you know I kind of cold kind of reached out to him and was like, hey man, like I'm a fan of sneakers. I'm a fan of you. Um, uh, but I have a strong influence at Monster. I think this is such a good connection for you. So I'm the one that kind of helped oh, wow. carve out so that relationship. Sh- that's what I was gonna ask too. Yeah. So
0: you're okay helping people connect. Oh, you network, have.
1: You have to help people. Right? You have to help people. You can't. You can't look at it like people are like. If I give you my resources or my connections, like they're gonna take from you. If you are looking at it that, you're looking at it the wrong way. Yeah, but sure. if because you're not truly believing in what you have. There's no one that's gonna take what I have.
0: Yeah, because mm. we, we're big on like on that. So yeah. we're like super big. So like people are like, um, how do, what do you have to start a podcast? So we created on Amazon like a mm. starter kit. Sure. And we're like, this is what we have. This is what I mean, we still have what we're what we started with this yeah. is what we have, you know? Yeah. Because we we have the mentality where it's just like do it go for it be your own boss do what you love 100%. you know and if you do it better it's just because you're working harder you yeah. know at yeah, the end of the day for sure so yeah. Um, um, yeah
2: we're not trying to gatekeep or none of that because yeah. it's like yeah, yeah it's like you said like you them. have to be confident in what you have so yeah. it's like if somebody's gonna outdo me with the stuff with the information I give them then that only means that I'm doing less you congratulations
3: know? Like,
1: <laughs> you killed it yeah right <laughs> no seriously like that's the that's the way I look at it I look yeah. at it everything because at the end of the day Evelyn right yeah at the end of the day, there will never be a better Roly and a better Evelyn. You know, people That's can right, be... No, no, I'm, it's the honest truth. No one can ever be a better Moy. People will try, but I can only be a better Moy, and you guys can be only a better Roly and a better Evelyn. Yeah. No one no one can. They can try to match that. They can try to place the same value that you guys have, but no one will ever be better than that because you guys are built to be who you guys are. Mm-hmm. And the problem why people don't stand out in the influencer world or in the in the sponsorship world is because people are trying to be other people and there's no real value in that. It's fake value, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's something that like, that's why I share everything that I have because you're the the realest more you're ever going to get is you coming to me not trying to get somebody else is trying to be like me yeah,
0: yeah. honestly I'm surprised that um, like that we were able to book you so like uh, cause that you were able to give us a date like right away like,
2: yeah in a way it was kind of like perfect because you're yeah. leaving again right yeah yeah. yeah yeah
1: I'm going to Portugal at the end of the month
2: yeah oh. so yeah. we had like this spot like a few spots open right and yeah it was like,
0: I mean and if not uh-huh. we would have done like a because like we're so we're all so big on like this is our podcast we do it our way there's no rules sure. to it you know and uh so we obviously we have our son so we just have to get the a babysitter you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean
1: no, trust me i know exactly what it means.
0: <laughs> so then it's like uh if you would have picked the date that i try to give you because i'm the one that organizes the dates mm. right so i try to give you whatever i knew i was going to be able to get a babysitter for especially cool. because after we had talked to june and he's like yeah y'all can record here and then we talked to yeah. you about it i was like all right it's not gonna be you know where we normally record so i have to get to take him you know sure. and so then i was like if he picks a date or a time that it's already taken like we're just gonna have to like move something make it happen like you know yeah. what i mean yeah but again it's just like like you said earlier it's like you have to want it so you yeah, were already you on know. our list you know but people <laughs> would throw your name out there you know and i was like man it's because he's so like he's big in that like that community you know and yeah. i'm like it'd be good to have him and then I had sat, I had sat down with Jesse and Lucia. So shout out to Jesse and Lucia. And Jesse had just said, man, you need to get Moy. Literally, he text <laughs> he told me that, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. And then literally the next day we booked you.
1: Oh, cool. And then we really saw cool.
0: him that Sunday and I'm like, dude, we booked him like, and he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, right? It yeah, was so yeah. funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, man, it's, it's all love. Like any, any opportunity I get, like whether it's small, medium, big, however you look at it, I, I look at, honestly, as crazy as it sounds, I look at every opportunity as the same. Anytime I get the chance to speak or share anything that I've ever been through, it's whether one person is listening or a million people are listening. doesn't matter to me. The story is the same, and it's as mm-hmm. real as it gets. So I'm very thankful, again, for every opportunity. And if there's an opportunity to share and I'm available, man, let's do it. Okay. You know, I don't need anything.
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you, like, uh, like, honestly, if you saw that we weren't, like, as serious, would you have gone come on the podcast yes yes
1: if i yeah absolutely um but i i do see that you guys are are, you know you guys carry yourselves well and Mm -hmm. you guys are doing awesome people have hit me up in the past but there's so it's not essentially how big or how small a podcast is yeah it's the way people communicate right so i've had people hit me up to like hey do this but it's it's just like hey bro can you do this yeah no you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No. But it, it's it's everything is an approach. If you could find the right approach to things, people would treat you better. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're going to treat me like everybody else, like nah, man. Like I, and what I mean by my, what I mean by that is like don't treat me like I'm your boy cuz I don't know you like that. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Cuz even if I didn't know anybody and and whether they're famous or they're not famous or anything like that, i'm I'm a respecter of persons I respect people their time the, who they are whether you know they're nobodies or when I say that it's just like whether they're like influencers or not influencers yeah. like I, I just respect people and I always was taught to communicate with people the exact same way like hey hello how are you you know may I ask you know you know where do you come from and you know it was always approach and I've had people hit me up and he's like you know hey bro I see what you're doing you're killing it Are you down for a podcast like like no man like no you know what i mean like yeah it's not not like just because you're boys to like my people like no i'm not but if you if you come in differently then yes so it's not about how big or how small for me it's always been about approach i'm really big on that you know And, and and communication is everything if you find a way to communicate what you want you will get what you want but if you're not specific to how you want to be also treated in the process uh yeah you're gonna get what you don't want to feel here you know what yeah. i'm saying because yeah. it, it'll it'll pour right back
0: no i think to us <clears> too um like you said it uh, t- communication is key and yeah. everything and every aspects of your life and if you're married you know communication is key yeah if you want to do business communicate so that's why i texted you like hey i'm <laughs> gonna go drop off our son we're dropping him off we're yeah. on our way no, like, it's you know? all good. Yeah. <laughs> because i was like i knew i i didn't want to show up here and then like get here at 10 and then have to set up you know but we got here like uh, 10 minutes early <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah but but yeah because it's it's we don't bring the stuff around like like that you know yeah, usually people sure. go to where we're at so yeah. um <clears throat> but i was going to talk about um when When it comes down to like uh communicating and stuff like that, I was like i want to well i was gonna get i was gonna say that like your podcast was gonna end up happening regardless because we had so many people surrounding you oh like cool. guest wise you know yeah. and then we're meeting people that just know you, and I just felt like it was gonna come full circle at some point, you right. know, yeah, and now we're gonna have uh which we kind of wanna talk to you about it we're gonna have like the our hundred episodes like um oh dope. like event." Here. event? here cool. and so yesterday we were talking to one of my well my cousin she was one of the guests right mm. and she told me so she's like oh so what's like the what's the big thing about the event like what's the the grand finale you know yeah. and i'm like well essentially it's just like it's just for everybody to meet each other you know sure. yeah. and just link well, up yeah you know, and like, it's yeah. also like uh, cause awesome. cause it's, it's not <clears throat> like
0: a, um like a way of like because uh, we'll have merch because she said yeah. um, basically like how are y'all making money you know yeah. and we're like well we're really not you know it's yeah. just we'll just have merch and if it sells it sells mm-hmm. right but um, oh and then vendors Okay. literally maybe like 10 cause okay. I don't want to be like too much yeah. too worried about it Overcrowded you know or whatever but at the yeah. end of the day we wanted to throw the hundred we want to throw the hundred episode event uh more of like a thank you to everybody sure that joined us as a guest yeah and like uh man here here this is the spot where y'all can network yeah you know because we've had people like mention you and we've had people mention other guests and june you know so like if y'all were like people pull up it's like a great opportunity it's like a great networking yeah you know through our podcast yeah it's like a know?
1: networking social mixer yeah. but a celebration yeah. of all the work like, that you yeah, guys have done and
0: it's like a, a big uh, you know a big episode 100 episodes for this and much more and then like a big thank you to the guests for even taking the time out of like their day just to come record and sit down and talk to us cool. you yeah. know at the end of the day so
2: yeah you want to go and.
0: yeah we're gonna go on a quick break guys and we'll be back yes, sir <laughs> And we are back. So going into um, your business side, mm-hmm. you know, tell us about Break Free. How, how did that even start?
1: Yeah, so essentially first uh, Break Free was an idea of, it was a message. It was just a concept that I wanted to play with, like that you can take what you love and use it to explore this new side of you. And that was or the idea of the concept of like Break Free, just like, be free in whatever it is that you love to do and let people kind of capture the emotions that you're trying to showcase with your mm. art or with your sport or what your talent whatever your talent is so I, in 2007 i uh, started shooting like little youtube clips and and it was just like me getting down outside or in garages or whatever and i just kind of put it together and then i'll just end it with it just say break free you know and it's, mm. it was just like very subtle you know what yeah. i mean like very subtle um and then I started with that same concept. I started to kind of use the idea of like escaping. Like, how do I escape? How do because when you break free, you're escaping from something, mm-hmm. right? And and I said, what am I doing in the process? I'm creating. I'm, I'm so that's where the idea of create your escape came in. Where it was like you got to create your escape, right? And so it's and and I would use all my knowledge and all my creativity to. Uh, find this new freedom mm-hmm. and so I would create my escape and it would—it was like finding a new moi or finding a new me in a way of just being able to use what I love to enter a new dimension or a new world that just made me feel at peace and so everything that I've ever gone through I would just create my escape in the process and that's kind of where those kind of two philosophies come from um, and then uh, through that time I remember uh I was just trying to figure out how to way to continue to promote that. So we started to content, do events and I've partnered with different people in the process of doing the events to 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 kind of promote the concept. Uh, and then in 2011, I wanted to do something completely different. I wanted to create a center where people can align themselves with other people that are looking to find a way to create their escape. Mm. And so I started Break Free. And break free was just an idea of like bringing people together, building a community of like you know breakers, DJs, MCs, graffiti writers, anything that was involved in hip hop culture, to where they can have a, a safe and structured environment and an inspiring environment, to where they can surround themselves with people doing what they love to do. Uh, didn't know that they, it was going to become a business or, or that I was going to take it to uh, just different levels. It was just more I wanted to build a community um And then in that process, I started to learn more about like, man, I just picked up all this new overhead. I have all this, you know, like, how am I going to pay this? I was like, well, we should do classes. Yeah, that's what
0: I was going to ask you. I'm like, how did you even, like, if it didn't go as a business, like, were you just Ye- paying for it? Oh, yeah.
1: I paid for a lot out of pocket. Yeah. I just, and then, because at first it was like, I was doing pretty good because I was, you know, involved in the entertainment world and I, I you know I was blessed to do like a lot of commercials and movies and and things like that so mm-hmm. I had made pretty good money for, for where I come from and what I was doing at the time you know uh, so I remember to, to go back a little bit I, I was living in LA I lived in LA for five years oh, and wow. then um, during that time period um, like I remember within like my first year was kind of like the roughest year and then the second year within like the first six months of my second year um, I did a commercial for JCPenney, for K-Swiss, McDonald's, T-Mobile, and then I did Step Up 3D, and I did I, got, I was start, started doing like a lot of different work. And then I remember I was kind of making more money that I've ever made in my life doing what I love to do. And so um, at the time, I got, my wife and I, we had bought, sorry, my, my wife and I had bought our first house uh, here uh, in Southeast Houston in 2006, which was the year we got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 2007 is when we moved to LA. So when we started to lease that house out while we were gone. Uh, and I remember whenever we were living in LA and she's really the one that really motivated me to like, you should go out there, you should do this and you should do that. I got you, you know? Uh, and she was working in the medical field. So she was like always like my backbone of like, hey, go out there and, and, and pursue your dream. You know what I mean? And so I was like, all right, I'll do it if you want me to do it, but it's not something that I'm really looking for because I was already traveling around the world and I was happy with that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And and uh, I remember, you know, we made a bit of money and we were like, man, I want to go back home, start a family and do all that stuff. Right. So came back home, had some money saved and, uh, you know, started to kind of remodel the house that we had. We moved back in uh, and um, I remember saying, you know, I want to start something I just don't know what it would, what it was and and you know fast forward my son was six months and I started break free she thought she thought I was crazy with that because like it was like the very little money that we had like I put it kind of got, I started break free with five thousand dollars you know and it's like I we kind of put everything into that and you know my sister my mom my dad everybody helped in in even trying to raise a little bit more money in, into kind of like helping me support this dream right had mm-hmm. friends come in and help lay carpet tiles or tile to, to kind of get the, the whole uh, get down going and so I was, I'm was i very thankful for everybody that, that helped do that uh, but it was that moment where I was like I don't know what I'm doing but I'm just kind of following something that I wanted to achieve as a kid I've always had the vision of creating kind of a dream center for, for people like myself if you heard my story early on everything that I did outside of Mason Park that I had it opened their doors everywhere we went we got kicked out of or we got uh-huh. yelled at for yeah. doing what we do. I wanted to create an environment where nobody can get kicked out of or yelled at unless you did something just kind of that like you needed to get kicked yeah. out, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And, and um, you know, in that process, I did it more from kind of a, a spiritual and emotional standpoint of that I wanted to achieve something. I didn't know everything that came with it. I had an idea of it. And so, you know, I was kind of funding it or we were kind of raising money through events and stuff like that to kind of keep it open. After a while, I was just like, after a while like i would say the first year was kind of like booming of like people showing up and being a part of the community and stuff like that after a while people were just like not appreciating it so much so that's when uh i was like we got to do classes because the people that we're building this for they're not here long term Mm -hmm. they 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 come and they go and i think that break free is built for people that want to learn about the culture and want to learn about the community and essentially that's when Breakfree free started to become a business or where it's like we'll do classes and rather than focusing on the current generations let's build new generations let's teach them about hip-hop culture let's teach them because if if, if hip-hop can be can do what it did for me it can be done for other people mm. you just kind of got to teach them the journey and so that was the business model let's teach them the journey that hey if hip-hop took me around the world and it took me to movies and it put me in commercials and it can do the same for you or more right yeah um and uh that was something that we started to kind of push as a business model to the kids and so we started to open up classes and break in djing graffiti art and MCing. and um you know in i would say through like 2013 through like 2016 we started kind of building out that that school process and in 2017 is when i really saw like a big shift in in the business to where it's like you know you went from like 30 40 kids to like you know 100 kids Mm -hmm. that wanted to be in the program and then i remember when we got to like 100 and i told uh jeremy who's the president of the company today i told him i said hey man we can we can do this again and he was like let's do it and so then we opened up another location and then within six months that location went from like zero to 100 kids as well in six months, where before it took me years, took years. to get mm-hmm. to 100 kids, because I was learning the process, and and from that vision that allowed me to be like, oh, I can scale this business to to new levels that we've never even thought before. Where yeah. it was like we were always focused on on pouring back and giving to the community, but the community wasn't essentially giving us uh, the support that we needed to find. It's not that we were looking for financial support, but Moral and and just showing up support does a lot for the significant growth of something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's like people people say you got to show up. It's true. You got to show up, you know
0: Which did you expect that because it's kind of normal, right?
1: It is. It's absolutely normal and you know I've always had a big heart for people mm-hmm. and so I didn't want to believe what I was seeing because I always gave everybody the benefit of the doubt, which essentially always came back and bit me in the ass because I was always giving too many people the courtesy of like, oh, it'll turn around, it'll turn around, it'll turn mm-hmm. around, it'll turn around. Mm-hmm. And it never turned around. I had to be the one to say, we're gonna turn this around. Okay. And I never I never did that. So I lost a lot of time in years of of wishful thinking. And wishful thinking is something that really kills a lot of people's dreams because you hope and you dream and you hope and you dream and you hope and you dream but you're hoping and dreaming about the wrong thing. There's, mm-hmm. there's realities to our dreams and you got to trust the realities. Uh, your wishful thinking is not always going to help you accomplish what you're looking for. You know, yeah. it'll, it'll put you in a very <clears throat> dangerous state of saying, I hope to, to get here one day. 30 years later, you're still hoping to get there one day. You got to be, from a business standpoint, you got to be able to know what you're doing wrong and then you gotta change that, right? And what I was doing wrong is I was just in wishful thinking a lot. I was just giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. And uh, so to go back to the story is in 2017, we saw a spike, 2018, we opened up the new location. There was another spike and then it was just like a ripple effect. And then and then we kind of started taking that process and, and really just started to scale it up, opening you know, more locations and, and and also building out more of the internal infrastructure of Break Free of, uh basically building out departments, right okay well now we have a a entertainment department and now we have the educational department and now we have the management department where we manage influencers and, and athletes and things like that through monster energy and then there's uh, other departments that we, we were carving out and so and I learned that honestly surrounding myself with people at Monster. I saw how monster kind of did their things and everything was in departments and uh, and if, if I ever wanted to be that big, I can't ever be this small. And so I had to think bigger, so I invested into more people. I started to, as we started to make more money, it's not like we were taking any more money to the pocket. To be very, very frank and very honest, I didn't, you know, Break Free started in 2011. I didn't take my first check until 2020, till the COVID year. That was the first time I took a check from Break Free as a salary to myself. Now other people were receiving something, even if it was at smaller levels, but 2020 was the first time I ever paid myself through my business. Because um, I was always injecting capital through everything that I was doing on, on my side hustle, whether mm-hmm. it's traveling or sponsorships mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I was taking that capital and pouring it back into my business because I wanted to invest in people because I knew if I invested in more teams, the company would grow more. But if I invest in just myself, it will always just be me and break free. And I didn't want it to be about me and break free. I wanted it to be bigger. I wanted to create more opportunities, more job opportunities for everybody else. Yeah. Because it stems from all those people that ever told me won't you get a real job you're never going to make money off dancing so i wanted to create a platform that created you know oppor- job opportunities for dancers yeah, so i never have to do that that's
2: really crazy because um the the, the you saying like you take if you take from that and just pour it into yourself like you're only going to be that big you know so if pouring it back into the business does grow it you know yeah because you, it,
1: if, if i'm pouring <coughs> not to cut you off but if i, I pour understand. it into me I'm just supporting my hobby and my passion. Yeah. But if yeah. I yeah. pour it into my business, my business now can pay other people like a business. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And so that was something that I really learned in that process. It's like, if I, if I just keep taking more from me, it's like, okay, I'm good. But I, it was never, it was, it starts from me, but it was never, the, the vision and the story of Break Free was never essentially built to promote my story or my vision. It was to promote the message of like, we can take what we love, and teach it to the masses and create opportunities for the masses and and that's what we've been doing which oh i'm
2: sorry i was gonna say would you agree that um once people see break free and they don't know who owns it or whatever like is that kind of like a success thing like you're like i know it's successful because people don't even know that i'm associated with break free
1: i love it i love that i love that and i think the people that do know they just know because of historical data they'll go back and research and and then they'll find out who really owns it Mm -hmm. but I, early on, I adapted. I, I adapted a model with internally with my team where it was like, I, I didn't want to be promoted so much. I didn't want to be promoted every time the news came in and wanted to do a story with us. I never wanted to do it. Like I, I did some, but I never wanted to do it because I wanted break free to have organic growth, and I didn't want it to be like, oh, it's because Amoy did all these things mm. or because Amoy. No. I want to know because of the kids and what they're doing. Yeah, look how talented they are. Look at what's going on. You know, like, dude, like I'm. I, I may be the face of something, but I'm not. I'm. I don't. I don't believe I'm the most talented one in the room. I think there's a lot of people that are a lot of talent and a lot of value to, to who I am, which essentially has a lot of value to the entire company. Yeah. So um, I think that's what helped us, you know, get bigger.
0: And another thing too that, um, you know. I don't know if we, if we were off camera and we were talking about the money thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: about the business. So you created break free the same way without the mentality of thinking, oh, I'm going to make money off of this. Yeah. So then and it's crazy because you're saying you started it in 2011 and didn't get your first check into 2020. Like Exactly. That's just um, going back to, to how we were talking about the podcast, you know, that we we don't see money, you know and but if we did then it'll just be a plus cuz we're enjoying it's it great. It's you a know bonus, what i mean you know?
1: like but, that's you know, how it was for you right yeah like. absolutely like everything was a bonus at this point um, but essentially when you kind of dive in and you immerse yourself into the business you start to understand that the more you do the more money is required the more capital is required right mm-hmm. so you 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 now when when you take something and this, is, this could be an, some advice to you guys or to anybody that's listening, but when you take something and you do it as kind of like something you love to do, It's a, there's, there's a level of passion that's behind that, right? And then when you take it to new levels, it's no longer passion, it's obsession. You find obsession and then you go to new levels with that, but in that process of obsession, you have to develop an investor mindset. You cannot just be an entrepreneur and, and just say I'm an entrepreneur for the sake of like I'm gonna put it on my Instagram you know mm-hmm. bio or whatever you got to really develop the investor mindset because when the business needs capital or needs money, you need to put it out of your pocket. Everybody wants to be a boss when it's time until it's time to cut the check you know and one thing is, till this day, I'm always injecting capital into this business because I want it to be bigger than what we've all thought that it could become. and when you have that investor mindset whether it's through your podcast or your business and for anybody watching back at home, when you learn to continue to invest in that, it's going to reach new levels, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to reach new levels. But if you're just solely relying on the time, just time that you put into it, then it's like, yeah, time will get you somewhere. But it takes money to get to new levels. It takes money to get uh, new things in life and all that stuff. So, there's a, there's a twist and there's a misconception about money, right? So it's in, in business and it's like, you shouldn't just necessarily do it for the money. Well, first of all, businesses require money. If, if businesses do not have capital or finance, they'll essentially die out. Mm-hmm. So you guys gotta find whatever it is that you're passionate or obsessed about and really find and develop the investor mindset so you can keep injecting capital into that business so it can scale to new levels. And I developed that when I started to see the business grow. So I, that's why I never took a check. Because as I saw it grow, I saw my team grow. And then I saw more opportunities grow. I know somewhere down the line, I'll be able to kind of reap some benefits from it. But in, in the interim, and we're still in the interim of where Break Free is going, I just want to continue to invest in it. Mm-hmm. I want to continue to invest in it, invest in it. Man, I'm used to surviving off of $20 a week. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't. I, I, I don't need a lot. I know how to get my hustle going, uh, and I'm just thankful that I can still inject capital into this business to to create new opportunities for a lot of people. Now I've become more mindful in that process because you know I've also um, injected capital or have invested in a lot of people that I should have been invested in. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and and. You know I'm a big people person and I, I want to give a lot of people opportunities but at the same time if you're taking advantage of my opportunity I'm not going to do it again. I heard some something really great that stood out to me and it's from Tony Robbins and because uh, I, I had a bad habit with this within my business but because uh, I was always like helping people out and paying people out of courtesy but they weren't really bringing any significant value to help this business grow. Right? Mm-hmm. So Tony Robbins uh, something I heard him say was like it's not the people that you hire, but it's the ones that you fail to fire. You know? So a lot of times you bring in people that you think that are gonna be good for the team and you hold on and hold on and then you get into a wishful thinking that they're gonna turn around, mm-hmm. but they never turn around. And you fail to fire the people that are hindering your business from growing or your podcast from growing or for everybody watching, your brand from growing, You know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. So you always put significant value on somebody but if that person does not put significant value on your company, you're never gonna get the significant value that you saw in them because they need to put significant value in the company. Mm-hmm. And, and I started to surround myself with people that started to put significant value on break free, not on me, on break free. If, if you can put, maybe not as close as to what I place on, the, you know, the value that I place on break free, but if you can get close to it, we're all going to reach new levels and we're all going to eat different. We're all going to eat different. But if you're only judging me for what you see, what I have, you're here for the wrong reason. You're here for the wrong reason. You got to put significant value into your company, your brand, your podcast or whatever it is to be able to achieve those new levels. Uh, And that is the hardest thing to be able to train or coach anybody with. Uh, And that's why it's like you can't hold on to people for too long. You got to know when to let them go. And it's one of the toughest things to ever do because, you know, you never want to fire anybody or you never want to give, or you don't ever want to um, uh, take away an opportunity from somebody. But if they don't see the opportunity, then it was never an opportunity.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nah, (laughs) It's because, well, I mean, we're, we're about to start a third segment, right? So, and that, that uh, we record tonight. So the, first oh, nice. episode of the new segment but the the two guests i mean the two hosts that we kind of chose i mean i i i'm gonna expect the the same uh like grind that we give to the podcast from them you know yeah. so like we had a meeting and we we're like hey look like I'm, i i want to do this like every week i know because uh they're like oh we might work on the weekends or whatever you know i'm like that's cool but so, we yeah no yeah yeah but i'm like okay but we still want to just know there's no money coming in yet but eventually we're going to grow and this is going to be an all together thing you know and then we'll see that later down the line but for now I just really want y'all to be passionate about it and I
1: want to add to that because if you in earlier when we started the conversation we started the podcast I talked about something I talked about word being your bond and Mm -hmm. your commitment so my advice as an entrepreneur to you guys is manage expectation right so if you if you bring in new hosts, you got to be able to manage what your expectations are, not theirs, your expectations, right? And you got to be able to kind of train them in that process, right? So you can't, ex- you can't expect them to be who you guys are. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a line. And I think that you need to give them a line uh, so you're not let down in the process because you got to give people time. N- you know, you guys have been doing this for a minute. Yeah. They haven't. I'll share this story about Jeremy, who was the president of Break Free worldwide whenever he first whenever I first reached out to him, he was a kid you know he was a kid and I reached out to him and he was working for Sprint and I said, "Hey man, I'm starting this new thing come work for me, but I, I don't have anything to offer you but if you believe and you trust and you know my story at least from the breaking side at the time, you I'm gonna tell you right now you're, you're, you're never going to go hungry because I'll make sure you eat before I eat." And he was like, all right, let's do it." And I was like, all right, bet. And he's been by my side ever since through a bunch of things, you know. He yeah. was the first one to get paid through Break Free. He was the first one to do this. And Jeremy has two houses right now. He's a sponsored athlete by Monster Energy. He's the president of Break Free Worldwide. And, you know, he's one of the top B-boys in the world. And and it was because he believed and he trusted. And 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 being a leader, like you guys are leaders in what you guys are going to create and what you do, they have to also trust the energy, the knowledge, and the experience that you guys bring. And you guys got to have the discernment and the intuition to be able to feel, are these the right people? Yeah. Yeah. It's not just who you think they are the right people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because um, at first it was about I thought Jeremy was the right person. But I had to kind of learn in the process if he was the right person. And he was. Yeah. yeah. He was the great person. He was the greatest person for it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, and, uh, you know, I monitor that. So monitor that, but give them grace. Give them grace in the process because, you know, it's going to be frustrating that they're not m- hitting the expectations you have. So manage the expectations and kind of set levels for that. Yeah. Because if you give them a, such a high level and they don't hit it, it's going to let you guys down. Yeah. So
0: whenever we had <coughs> the meeting with them, um, our first, and we we called it a meeting, right? Because that's what it was. You I, know? Yeah,
1: I
2: want to. This is serious to us, you know, so yeah. it's like yeah. we call it we're, like we're treating meeting.
0: it as a business. <clears throat> right. Sure. So yeah. then you have uh, to. Yeah, you yeah. have to. Yeah. So then, um, you know, how you're, you're oh, talking sorry. about the branding earlier. Yeah. OK, so because um, he's so big on it, like being like our our logos on there. Our logos are on the corners. Yeah. You know, we talk about it and um, presentation, sure. you know. So yeah. then when we talk to them about it, we're like, hey, like, uh, we did tell them, like, um, this is something that um, there's just no money in, mm-hmm. you know. Um, obviously, it was more like, a, like a, us telling them, like, um, you have to believe in our podcast. And they do, you know. That's the reason why we thought about these two people. Because I already have another host, yeah. you know. And when I introduced it to her, I introduced uh, the idea of the new segment. I was like, look, like, um, this, is, this is something I want you to enjoy doing mm-hmm. if you think you are not going to enjoy then it's cool it's not for you yeah. you know Um and she does she's been she's a barber too yeah. oh, cool, and cool. um so she's she's stuck around and she's been my co-host for the second segment and she, I used her as an example with the other two hosts that we're going to get you know and I was like look like she's not getting any money but she's here every Monday 6 p.m. at my house mm-hmm. you know actually last Monday no, th- was it this Monday? This Monday. Yeah, I yeah. forgot. I forgot we were supposed to record. <laughs> and I was like, I had just showered because I had just gotten off of work <laughs> and I was like, I'm a shower. We're gonna go to Target to go get some stuff for school, right? Yeah. For my son. And then I like here, it's my, my my doors there. She's at the door and I'm like, Oh my god, dude, I forgot we were recording. She's like, Well I'm here, let's record. You know, like <laughs> yeah. that's what I I liked, yeah. you know, and I'm like, All right, let me go change and let's go record, yeah, you know. That's good. And we ended up recording. That's great. Yeah. So I think we talked about that with like our host so we're hoping that this third segment is going to be like another good segment to mm-hmm. add but with that being said let's go on a quick break guys and we'll be back yeah. and we are Get back them. so you traveled into so many like basically around the world right what's like your number one spot japan
1: japan Japan? for anybody listening you got to go to japan you got to go to tokyo uh it is it's different man it is the best place ever it's just just everything the culture the discipline the people the respect and then like there's so much stuff to do there like you know the food is amazing the people are amazing the environment is amazing the the safety of of the country is amazing. Uh, you don't have to worry about people stealing from you, jacking you or like, it's just such an awesome place. Like to the point where it's like, I would buy a place there that I can go and travel to a few times a year, just because it's such a, just everything is beautiful about it. Um, so clean, you know, they they, they they treat their country with a ton of respect. Uh, and so that's that would be my number one place in terms of like where i would tell people like you need to go here you need yeah. to experience japan do you do you watch anime i don't No. no because uh what's that movie called
2: uh with the little girl that goes to like the bath house uh spirit
0: spirit away spirited
2: spirit, away spirited away like i eat the it's the animation is so nice you know and it's like <laughs> it's all japan you know and the architecture and stuff. And it's very, like, it's very soothing to watch. And it's very, um, it's not like one of those, like, fighting animes. Over yeah. It's a it's comfort just, movie. It's a comforting yeah. movie. And it's, like, very, like, well, it's, like, elegant and stuff. And I'm just, like, I wonder if it's like that over you, there, you know? You know like,
1: what? I was <clears throat> about to say that. It's exactly like that. Like, it's very comforting like, when you get there. Because you yeah. feel like you don't have nothing to worry about. You know what I mean? And that's comfort. That's what comfort is. It's, like, you find that place where you put your blanket over you and just, like, You know, you want to just kind of just snuggle and cuddle and watch TV or whatever, (laughs) however you want to look at that. But that's a place of comfort, right? That's a place of safety. Yeah. Like, I've always felt that uh, traveling to Japan where it's like everybody got my back. I don't have to worry about anybody doing anything to me. And I know that I can have a good time here. And so Mm. uh, it's just an awesome place. And, you know, I was very fortunate to go there so many different times. Now, you know, through my journey, I've been to like 75 countries plus. Oh, my God. You know, doing what I love to do, but, you know, I have different places that that I would recommend for like, different things, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, some could be number his, one food. Number one food, uh, for me, Peru. Yeah, that I, I'm I, I love Peruvian food, and the reason why I love Peruvian Peruvian food because it has the the Latin kind of blend with uh, an Asian fusion. Oh, okay. Um, and and I love both. I love Asian food and I love Latin food, and so it's it's a it's a nice blend of that. And what's funny is when I went to Peru, and I've been there also multiple times. When I went there, I learned that they have a big Japanese community, oh, and really? I was like, oh, now I understand Why? this Asian yeah. fusion and and things like that. So, um, you know, I would say uh, the place to go to for food is Peru. But I, I would just have to just be very biased to say that still Mexican food is my all time <laughs> favorite. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, just on the way freaking over here, tacos, we're like, like, bro. I know. We're
1: on the coming. way over
2: here, we're like, damn, like we're hungry. Like we we didn't we didn't eat breakfast.
0: I know. Or anything. I brought my pop tart. I know. And I freaking eat, and June didn't like, have
1: nothing prepared yeah. for us, bro. Thanks.
0: <laughs> I left my pop tart yeah. right there. Oh, oh! oh
1: my God. <laughs> Hey, toss me that pop tart. Let <laughs> <laughs> me see that thing. <laughs> That's what that's what Evelyn. <laughs> Evelyn brought a pop tart, you know.
3: And I didn't this, even get
1: to. This eat is it. how you know they're investing everything they got into this podcast. <laughs> so you better be listening. They got pop tarts in their back pockets.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and June dropped it. Yeah. I didn't even get to eat it.
1: <laughs> Damn it. I now Evelyn's not going to be able to eat now for the I rest of the e- week.
0: Now I can't even eat my Pop-Tart. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but yeah, so but, but on the way over here, we're like, man, some chilaquiles will go down right now. Yeah, you know? Yeah, so like, yeah. And then we drop off our son <laughs> and then my, uh, my mom's like, Oh, I'm going to just tell his grandpa to take us out to eat. So I'm pretty sure he's eating good right now.
0: Yeah. 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 So but, shout out to them, man, because you know, we're talking about <laughs> babysitters. Yeah, for sure. they, they know we <clears throat> have the podcast, you know?
3: Yeah.
0: And, um, they don't take it as serious as we do but they support us by just watching him right you know yeah. and we appreciate that 100% oh yeah
2: yeah and then I honestly like there was a point and I've said it on the podcast before but there was a point where my mom was like cause my brother well she would take care of my son and mm-hmm. then like my brother's son and uh but they have like a business like so they like do like balloons and um, the decorations de- decorations oh, okay, yeah. and oh, yeah. stuff so one time um I don't know how the conversation was going but then my mom was like oh well I have to take care of their kid and I'm like oh, okay well I have my business too and she's like it's not a business and then I'm like it <laughs> is and then she's like that doesn't make you money you know she's yeah. like and you're I'll, not getting paid yeah yeah you're not getting paid so and I'm just like man like I took that and I was like it was kind of like a motiv- it sucks but it was kind of like a motivation and it's like and now I'm I'm gonna invite them to the event you know so yeah. they can see like yeah. this is it has led up to, to bigger stuff you know
1: yeah you yeah. know <clears throat> bro that's, that's the story of just building something. People, yeah. Yeah. again, will not believe it until they see it. And, you know, you just kind of got to, like, whatever. Okay, <coughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like I said earlier, it's like I've always uh, – what's been a big driving force for me and, what, and how I've always been is, is you give me one no, I'm going to give you 100 yeses. And, and what I mean by that is just, like, the more you tell me no or the more you tell me I can't, you're just fueling up my tank, like, I and it's you, gonna it's gonna be hard to get yeah. to empty because I hear a lot of that.
0: Yeah. Do yeah? you have that? I'm gonna show you.
1: Oh, 100%. Okay. I th- it seems I th- like that. No, <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell you right now. Like, I'm gonna be real. It's like, I, I I'm not the, the type of person that like, on purpose wants to prove people wrong. But if you want to take me there, let's go. You know yeah. what I mean? If you want to take me there, let's go. And for me, it's not about. Proving that person wrong is to prove myself right. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, that's I want to prove myself right. I'm not gonna prove you wrong, but you're gonna feel it in the process. But I'm proving myself right because you're gonna try. You're gonna try to tell me that what my vision is is wrong. I'm gonna tell you how I'm gonna prove you. Uh, how I'm gonna prove myself right. Yeah. And then you're gonna feel it in the process, and you're gonna feel it in the process, and then everybody else is gonna feel it in the process. Yeah. The more successful you get, the matter people get. It's just, it oh, is what it is
0: who said it uh <clears throat> Yvonne from Spoil Latina
1: oh yeah yeah Yeah, yeah so no, she Yvonne.
0: said it the bigger you get
1: um no the
2: next level there's a there's a new devil or the next level there's a new devil or something like that yeah, yeah. which
0: so. I mean it's just like how you said the bigger you get you know
1: well one thing yes, I've learned that. too about like hate though is like cause I've always like, like you you know you, you kind of dwell on like damn why would we th- why do people hate and why do we have haters and everybody's heard like oh I've you know, if, you, if someone's hating, you're doing something right, right? Okay. Everyone's heard that. I've kind of went a little deeper with it where I think that it's, uh, I think hate comes from fear, right? And so if people are hating on you guys or they're hating on me, it's not because they want to hate or be envious, it's just because it draws a level of fear, right? And the fear is that they will not get plugged into the new levels that you guys are achieving. So, they have a fear that we all started in the same place and we entered new levels. And so, they have a fear not achieving that new level with you because we all started in the same place. Mm. So, it's not hate, it's fear, right? And from a godly perspective or a spiritual perspective, and then what I believe is, you know, fear is only of the devil, it's not from God, right? And so, that's the way I see things. So, hate is is a is a driver of fear and and fear is why people are hating Mm -hmm. it's because they fear you you you're now entering a new season of power a new season of leadership a new season of this and so that's why people fear you because now you're standing on a new platform your podcast is on a new platform and it's it's growing to new levels and people fear that Mm -hmm. they don't hate on that they fear that and and it's easy for us from from a cultural perspective to say oh that's just hate that's just envy no it's fear people fear it and and uh when i when i learned that about the things that i was doing i was just like i i i i've learned to be like like not give any type of energy to like people that are hating or something like that because it's going to be the closest people to you guys mm-hmm.
0: yeah no yeah. for sure i mean yeah that's true we experience it a lot i mean everybody is yeah everybody i mean every, is. And it, i feel like uh it, it just happens to everybody yeah. you know and it's not like oh it just happens to us or anything like that i think it's just a thing that just it's you know it's, unfortunately it's part of like human nature at the end of the day right like, yeah it, it's just it is like,
1: and, and and like i said it's because we all start in the same place yeah, yeah. everybody has the same place everybody mm-hmm. can start from zero right mm-hmm. but some people take it to 100 some people take it to 50 some people take it to 75 some people take it to 1000 it's it's all a, it's all contingent to how much you put into it right yeah. and that's why I said it's like you can't compare you know what I do to what you do so it's like if you want to achieve what I'm achieving uh, you better be putting in the work that I'm putting in you know mm-hmm. what I mean or more Th- that's just what you have to do but you can't expect to like join the circle And, you know, sit at the table that I'm sitting at or whatever because I've done this for 29, 30 years. You know, you just started doing it. So don't compare me to to you, you know. And and people tend to do that a lot. People tend to do that a lot. They start to compare. They'll look at your sneakers. They'll look at your hat. They'll look at your watch. They'll look at your chain or the way you guys carry yourselves and dress. And they'll be like, I want to be that, right? I want to be that. I want to be that. But they don't realize you know the struggle or the story or everything that you've had to go you know go through to be able to achieve what you wanted to achieve
0: yeah or then not realize we got these pants at the thrift like yeah (laughs) you know they're like i feel you so it it happens because we do like the fit videos sometimes Mm -hmm. and they're like man where'd you get those pants and i'm like oh at the thrift store like yeah i mean you know like it's just it happens right
2: again again pop tarts thrifted clothes (laughs) because everything else goes into the podcast right
0: I know, invest, reinvest, yeah. right? Yeah.
2: But like, so like, what's the end goal for break free or just your journey? Like, what do you think it can get to?
1: Um, I think there's a couple of things. I think that the number one thing is um, I want to create a lot of jobs from it. I want I want to have a lot of locations um, that create and generate lots of job opportunities uh, for people within our culture and our community to be able to thrive off of what they love to do. It's number one. Number two is to get build it to a certain point to where there is an exit strategy for it to where it's like I can fully step away and maybe um, you know sell the business completely or turn it to somebody else to where that where somebody else that has deeper pockets can take it to new levels and carry on the tradition of what or the foundation of what was already built mm-hmm. uh, because I think to a certain degree a lot of companies kind of go through that right it's like, you know that's why companies go out of business because they didn't find they didn't find uh, new innovation or, the, or new inspiration within the company to take it to new levels. So that would be the second thing, and to be able to kind of take that that exit strategy and then repeat the process and do something else, something else that that would be special that would inspire people and 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 create more opportunities mm-hmm. for that. I don't know 100% what that is. I have an idea. I'd rather not talk about it, mm-hmm. but but uh, but. Uh, um you know that's what i would want for break free is i would want break free to reach a level of success that allows uh, opportunities for m- more people worldwide and we gets to a point where it's, it's so valuable that there are bigger corporations or you know equi- private equity firms that see the value in it and say you know what you know let's take this lo- uh this company that has Fifty or hundred locations, and let's go make eight thousand locations or whatever it is, and and create more job opportunities. And that would make me feel really special because I know that, you know, we help carve out the foundation for that. So for me, that is kind of the big end goal for Break Free. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: dope.
2: Yeah, cause um, I just feel like, uh, do you know who uh, what's his uh, Christian Guzman is? No. You know Alpha Land, like Alpha League, Yeah, yeah, Alpha Lee. Yeah. Yeah, like I used to watch him on YouTube and.
1: I know okay. a little bit about it, but yeah,
2: yeah, and, they, and this, and then like I feel like Break Free, kind of like I, f- I can see that happening Exembles? for Break Free because yeah. he started like a small gym and then it grew to like a bigger gym and now he has like the biggest gym in Texas. And yeah. So it's people like, fly here. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. I see it. Yeah, I see it. yeah. So, social media and stuff. So he's like in Sugarland or whatever, but I just feel like because Break Free is that its own standalone like building. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do you ever? see it being like its own like people are gonna pull up and it's the it's like the break free building
1: yeah so <clears throat> um, so th- I'm, I'm gonna try to summarize <laughs> what I want to say without saying so much but uh, we we acquired our own building uh, recently and uh, uh, it's a smaller one but it's a good start for us but we also have big plans and this is in Friendswood Texas and that's okay. exactly oh, okay. that's where I live now too. Uh, but we also have bigger plans to to do even much bigger things and bring event centers and 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 tie in more real estate to what we're doing and really kind of follow the McDonald's approach. Because if a lot of people think McDonald's is a is a fast food business, but it's really a real estate, real estate business, yeah. a real estate business. And so, um, you know, one thing in business is like anything you plug real estate into, you're always going to have appreciation value, right? So it's like if you can go and acquire real estate and open up more locations from. Purchasing the real estate, even if Break Free as a as a service business in that building fails, the real estate value is always going to stay there, and you can turn it into something else or lease it to something else. Yeah. yeah. So you're always going to have a significant backup value in the process. So uh, you know it's still early for Break Free for that, but it's something that essentially I do want to get into where it's like there's more buildings owned and things like that because. You know my entire team and partners. That's exactly like what we want to do because, you know, even if there is an exit strategy, you can sell the entire business. But mm-hmm. You can keep all the real estate. Yeah. You know, right. and then that's you'll true. have forever leases. You'll have forever appreciation value. There's a lot of different ways to kind of skin the cat, but at the same time, you know that is the end goal, and I think that, um, you know, it's it was hard, not necessarily hard to see it back then, but it's more. The vision is more prominent today yeah, yeah. because we've we've seen the level of growth, uh, but it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of capital to be able to achieve that. But I know that I know that we can get there. And I think that we're starting that process already. Yeah,
3: that's, yeah, that's exciting. exciting.
2: Yeah, because our we named the so our like whole whole deal is like Studio 1017. That's mm-hmm. like the head thing. And from there is this and much more entre nos, and now posted and um, So the way we came up with that is like, wow, I want want to name it Studio 1017 for it to actually be a big studio. Like, you know, like we see it, like people are going to come in and be like, oh, like this is where everything comes out of. Like our brands are pretty much everything that we do, you know.
0: And eventually it would have been cool, like to have like a startup room for people that want to do podcasts to come record there. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: No, I've had a very similar idea. Um, and I think it's great, I heard your story earlier when you talked about kind of the Amazon package. I think those things are awesome and I think that they're much needed, right? Uh, because, you know, especially in today's society, every kid wants to be an influencer. They want to be a YouTuber and stuff yeah. like that. And so you can if you can hand these tools and, and kind of uh, help them bypass those challenges, I think it create, it creates a good business. Yeah. So it's a great way to give back, but it also creates a good business. And, uh, and, you know, for other people that tell you guys, well, you guys don't make no money off your podcast. I mean, you are, and you eventually will, right? Mm-hmm. And it's something that I would highly recommend to per- keep pursuing. And we talked about it earlier, but you have to treat this like a business. You know, if you if you treat it like businesses, it will eventually pay you like one. Yeah. Yeah. So those things are really, really important into like scaling something and big, you know, making something bigger. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing too is, you know, try to also change your language on certain things, like instead of saying, go bigger, we wanna, you wanna say, I wanna scale, I wanna scale this thing. Mm -hmm. You know, because what, how that has helped me is I've learned to plug in the corporate terminology that allowed me to build a corporate mindset to be able to build corporate money. Oh no, you know I know because I mean? yeah.
0: earlier you were talking about like oh the activation, and I hear that um, when I talk to Lucia, mm-hmm. like she'll she'll say words like that, you yeah. know, and I'm just like I feel like I'm catching on to yeah. those words, you it's, know, because normally to me it'll be like oh the event setup or like the event planning. Now it's like a different terminology to,
1: yeah. you know, because essentially it becomes the proper terminology for something because yeah. if you go to talk to sponsors or partners or whoever, they're gonna again, approach, they're gonna see how you approach things. And if you know your story and your vision and you can sell it from a corporate standpoint, not just from a, you, the culture's always gonna be there cause that's what we are, right? Mm-hmm. But if you can kind of plug in the corporate element into it, they're gonna know that you're really serious about it, yeah. right? Yeah. And a lot of your closer people, why they, they might not take it as serious as what is because they still see you guys as yep. cultural yep. people and people that, oh, you know, they're just like us. Yeah. but no I'm not like you Yeah. No. Let, me show yeah you, like, let me show you why
2: <laughs> yeah like just last night we were uh, we were at this birthday party right for my for my nephew and uh, so I was talking to my cousin and I hadn't seen him in a long time and then so we we're like catching up and then so I'm just talking about the podcast like um, yeah like regular like oh yeah bro like we we have a podcast tomorrow and you know we're, we're trying to get bigger and all this stuff but if I was like watching me and him talk and if I'm seeing it from the outside if I was to be like oh yeah like we're we're trying to scale up and talk like that i'm like damn he would take it more ser- like not that he doesn't right but oh, he it would seem to like for him to be like damn like this is serious like they're getting like more
3: yeah, stuff yeah because when you know? i told i
0: was i was drinking with like his <clears> tío <throat> and his dad and then they were making fun of me because i was like oh man i'm sunburned because of my work or my job and then uh they're like i ah, whatever you know and then, then I was like, I didn't want to drink too much because I knew I had to wake up early to come and then th- they they like to like encourage for us to drink, right? Yeah. Your parents <laughs> are like, here's another one. And I'm just like, no, I'm good. Like, I don't want to be like uh-huh. drunk, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I work tomorrow and then his dad was like, you don't work tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, we have a podcast. <laughs> an episode. I have to go, I have to wake up early and you're watching Milo, so don't get drunk, you know? Yeah. And then, But me thinking to myself, like, I work because this is considered like work for oh, us. Seen, you anytime
1: know? you take time out of your day to do anything is work
0: yeah so then I told them I was like I work tomorrow and then they're like because I knew if I said that then they were gonna back off and not keep insisting with like the F- drinking this is you a know? true
1: story funny story not too long ago I was sitting in the front of break free like during class hours and one of these guys that that has been coming here for a minute bringing his kid he's a parent young parent here from this area he sits down next to me and he goes so what do you do right and I was like, What do you mean, what do I do? You know, he's like, Well, I know that you're like the B boy and you're in charge of like break free and stuff like that. But like, I don't see you do anything. That's what he told me. And I was like <laughs> I was like, Well, what do you wanna see me do? You know? And he was like, Oh, I don't know, it's just like don't take it the wrong way, but it's just like I I just see everybody here all the time. And I was like, You walk into this building every day, right? And I was like, how many? Do you know how many locations we have, or do you know like what we're doing and all this other stuff? I start kind of quizzing him a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, and I go, "That's what I do," you know. He's like, uh, "I don't, I don't, I don't get it." Like, what do you mean? I was like, "I build businesses, and I this is what I do. I pour and invest into making sure that these doors stay open, uh, that we're opening up more locations, and we're creating more opportunities for the kids, for the staff, and." I said, like, uh, I oversee this entire operation in terms of from an investment perspective to be able to build this business. And he was like, but you're not like here, like working every day? I said, uh, not eight hours a day. I work 24 hours, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. I said, like, I work at home. I work here. I work when I wake up. I said, every day that I wake up, I told him, I said, every day that I wake up, I have a reason to wake up, you know? And I told him like this, I said, my responsibility it's not just to keep break free doors open, but it's to make sure that everybody gets paid. And I said, so that's what I do. Uh, and uh, I know it hit him differently, right? He wanted mm-hmm. me to say like, oh, you know, I, I, I do this for break free, I teach classes on this day, or I answer phones yeah. on this well, day. I'm or, yeah, i nine to five. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like, no, this is what I do, you know? And he kind of just stayed quiet or whatever, but I'm very familiar with what that is, you know? And I remember, going back like to he's like even when i was like breaking heavily and like heavily involved in breaking i remember like you know from traveling so much i always like get bumped up first class and i'd be flying first class and i always share this story with everybody's kind of a funny story but i remember like walking and this was er- early on and i've done this a lot and it's happened a lot but i would i would sit down in first class and and then i'd see the stewardess kind of walking by me and it'd be like just looking at me, right? <laughs> looking at me like nonstop. like And there's nothing but businessmen dreading a certain way. Mm-hmm. I got J's on. <clears throat> I got my headphones on. I got a hat on. I'm just chilling, like just shorts and a shirt, you know, whatever. And I'm kind of kicking in. They're looking at me, and I'm just like looking at them too, right? Like just walking in, past by, and I could be like on an overseas flight. that's like an eight-hour flight. And then like four hours in or whatever, like halfway through the trip, one of the ladies comes up, and she's like, Hey, Mr. Rivas, I'm sorry to to bother, but my coworkers and I want to know like what do you do? And I'm like in my head like for a split second, I'm like, damn, do I tell them that I spin on my head for a living, or do I? <laughs> or do I come up with something else? And uh, I'll just be like, oh well, um, I'm a sponsored athlete by Monster Energy. I'm on a downhill jet ski team. And they were like, really? That's awesome. That's cool. Congratulations. We thought that you were like a famous DJ or something like that. <laughs> yeah. like,
3: you did look like, like a DJ. <laughs> I'm like,
1: good thing I didn't tell him that I was a freaking break dancer, because then I would never hear the end of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but it's so it's funny. funny because like e- even in, in different environments, people would you know try to place a certain <clears> value or a certain role on you, you know, because maybe you don't fit the part or whatever. But you know, just keep doing it, and eventually the the role will be played played out the way it's supposed to be played out but it's funny you know like I still to this day to this day I hear it, I walk into break free and some people think that I'm there to take classes because yeah. some of the parents <laughs> don't, don't see me all the time or some parents would be like you know like I'm just another you young yeah, oh, another, yeah, another young kid I've had people come in and t- tell me like hey I want to talk to the owner and I'm like it's me and they were like no seriously I want to talk to the owner and I'm like it's me okay. you know <laughs> so I've, I've experienced like all types of things and different things and it's yeah. like going back to you know we're talking about how you know people don't see this as work man your vision is not meant to be understood by everybody else yeah It's mm-hmm. sure. meant to be understood by you and you pursuing that and taking that to new levels and sometimes we'll spend a lot of time trying to make people understand the vision but the the only way they'll understand it is the more they are able to see it
0: yeah making yeah. it happen yeah making it happen but yeah. did you have an, 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 something? That's else? it. I think yeah. we're good with yeah. this Yeah. Well, with that being said, we really, really want to say thank you for Absolutely. Um, yeah, we obviously we really letting you. us record here, you know, <laughs> yeah, having you good. as a guest. And um,
2: yeah. Yeah. Other than that, guys, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, follow us on YouTube, TikTok, and all that stuff. Subscribe. Uh, subscribe. Uh, all
0: his businesses will be in the description below y'all yeah. yeah, make sure so, y'all go give a follow
2: yeah Moy thank you again Yeah, yes, like, thank you guys. it, it thank you, was really thank you. A, a, a pleasure to uh, have you on the podcast yes. so. other than that that's it guys Thanks. much love peace
0: oh wait shout out to June too oh yeah it's man shout out June the, June the whole episode
1: and <laughs> hey, you owe us some Pop-Tart and owe me <laughs> a
0: Pop-Tart <For laughs> alright <time>. guys <laughs>